This is a Pele Media Podcast. Welcome back to Jurassic Park Minute. Jurassic Park Minute is the fan podcast that chronicles and overanalyzes the classic 1993 film Jurassic Park Minute by Minute. I'm Kyle. I'm Brady. Today we're here to bring you Minute number 107. Brady, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Kind of sad. Got some great big old crocodile tears or alligator tears. That means you're not actually sad. Okay, well, I have great big old tears then because we are coming up on the end of the movie. We are. We are uh, about two weeks and two days away from Jurassic Park Minute coming to its its final resting place. But uh, that's right. Don't be sad because it's over. Be glad because it happened. I think is that's... I think is how they say it. Yeah, had a lot of fun doing the show. Had a lot of fun doing the show. Uh, it's yeah, uh, kind too. of opened up my eyes to a lot of stuff on Jurassic Park uh, and made me view it in ways that I hadn't before. Yeah, same here. Uh, and not just the movie, but the people behind the movie and growing appreciation for, say, the work of like Sam Neill, who's mm-hmm. I, unfortunately I wasn't that familiar with before. But um, you know, just I don't know. Yeah, it's it's a really good movie. It's a really good movie. I'm I'm glad we were able to take the opportunity to you know, pick over it like we have. And I hope that we've been able to broaden someone else's perspective on the movie. Um, yeah, it holds up over time. It holds up over, over scrutiny too. You know, this is yes, a movie exactly. that, you know, it is a movie with a lot of little, uh, you know, errors and, you know, continuity issues and things like that, which we talked about ad nauseum, but it also is a movie that it, it, it remains fun despite all those things. You know, it makes sense. Logically, this movie holds up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, we've also gotten uh, the chance to have some really good guests on, too. Meet a lot of cool people through this, including, um, you know, JC of Jurassic Collectibles, who we had on recently, which is so much fun to have on. So much fun right. to have on. And, and uh, uh, tomorrow and Friday, we are going to have another guest on, uh, Mr. Brad Mull, who is going to be on the show and has some really cool announcement that uh, we're going to kind of keep a secret. So you got to watch tomorrow and find out about it. It's something that uh, we haven't talked about yet on the show, but I think people who have enjoyed the show will probably get a real kick out of. So yeah, uh, it's going to be pretty cool. So make sure you tune in for that. But Brady, do you want to go ahead and get into minute number 107? Let's do it. Let's do it. In the previous minute, we saw Grant bring Tim back by performing CPR on him. As the minute ended, Grant left the kids alone in the Jurassic Park commissary. At minute number 107, Grant calls Tim the human piece of toast. The comment elicits a half-smile from Tim. Grant exits the room and tells the kids that he will be back soon. He promises them. Tim hops off the table and walks across the room. Tim walks over to a massive spread of food. He makes his way straight to the pies. At 107.29, we cut to a shot of Ellie Sattler limping up a hill. At the crest of the hill, she sees Dr. Grant, who is yelling her name. Ellie grits her teeth and says, run. She hops along into Dr. Grant's arms. At 107.44, we cut back to a shot of Lex and Tim eating. They smile at each other in this brief moment of peace. As Tim shovels pie into his mouth, he looks across the table at Lex with deep concern. And thus ends minute number 107 of Jurassic Park. So this may be the most dialogue-free minute of any minute that we've done. I think uh, you know, yesterday and today uh, kind of serve as this two to three minute arc. Well, actually, no, two minutes because things really do ramp up significantly tomorrow. Of uh, kind of a down moment for the audience to catch their breath between the Ellie running from a raptor and uh, you know Tim on the fence situation right before we get back into the raptors in the compound and then the big final sequence of the movie. So uh, you right. know, this one is definitely a moment that gives the audience a break and then also gives the kids a break. 
break. And I'm sure this is probably a very fun scene to shoot because uh, uh, Joseph Mazzello and Ariana Richards didn't really have a whole lot to do in this. They just kind of like sit there and react. Um, But of course, we we do get a little bit more of Dr. Grant's, the the softening of Dr. Grant, if you will. Uh, He has a dad joke here with Tim. Tim's hair is fried. It's sticking up. And Grant makes the joke that Tim, uh, excuse me, makes the joke that Tim looks like a human piece of toast. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's, you know, as, as he's kind of softened up, as you said, we've seen him have some of these dad joke moments. One was throwing the branch at the electrified fence and then one or two other things. But him calling him the human piece of toast is definitely, you know, a cheesy, yeah. typical dad joke. But um, I've got a moment. soft spot in my heart for dad jokes. They actually make me legitimately laugh. So, yeah. I saw this video on, on somebody posted on Facebook where it was a collection of dad jokes. And one of them was like, Hey, so you went to get a haircut? How come you only got one cut? <laughs> and right. just stuff like that. That makes you more you know, like agitated than it does. Yeah, it's eye-rolling, <laughs> groaning type situation. My father-in-law is the king of dad jokes. He will have these setups to jokes, and my sister-in-law will see the end coming, and she will start telling him to not even finish halfway through. <laughs> so it's like a two to three minute setup or setup. And I'm sitting there the whole time being like, okay, what's what, 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 what is he getting to? This is a really weird piece of information he has. And then she starts going like, dad, dad, be quiet, be quiet, dad, be quiet. And I always <laughs> laugh when they come there. They're always funny. So, uh, but we get a scene here too, where, uh, Tim and Lex sit down to eat a bunch of stuff that has been left out, I guess for them when they were supposed to conclude the original, uh, tour, uh, of the Island, they were going to come back and then be met with all these like cakes and things like that. So it's believable that this stuff probably still would have been good you know, sitting out for, you know, less than uh, 12 hours. But, uh, you know, when I was watching this, something kind of occurred to me. In a minute, we're going to get a moment when a raptor comes in and chases them into the kitchen. Do you think the raptor really would have passed up all this food? You know, that's, um, okay, well, a carnivore. So a carnivore is probably not going to be interested in um, all that. But then again, the smell of sugar, I don't know if anything could pass up all of that. Yeah, I, I think maybe it, I don't know, it would have been funny if when the raptor snorted on the, the window in a few minutes like it does, to, you know, or tomorrow, or maybe it's the next day, if its mouth was covered in like chocolate cake, you know, <laughs> or if it had like, you know, yeah. a spaghetti like <laughs> falling out of its mouth or something like that. Because uh, I think that it probably could have saved like, and maybe it did save Lex and Tim a little bit of time. Uh, to get away from the raptor if it stopped and was eating all that bread, all those beautiful carbs that were left laying out. So this uh, scene also kind of reminded me of another Steven Spielberg scene uh, in Hook uh, when the kids are imagining all the food and then they have this giant smorgasbord in front of them. I think it kind of, you know, serves the same kind of purpose as just kind of like the audience is sitting there, the movie's almost over, they're getting hungry, you know, probably going to Chili's after the movie's over (laughs) thinking about what they're going to get. Um, But uh, yeah, it's, it's, again, it's a little moment to just kind of show uh, Tim and Lex uh, in a in a human element. So we get a scene that's always been kind of like strange to me here too. Uh, when Ellie first sees Doctor Grant, she looks at him and just is kind of grunts like "run," and then she runs to him. And I've never really been sure like is she talking to herself, telling herself she needs to run to him and just kind of getting the last little bit of courage she needs to to get over to him, or is she trying to kind of like tell him like he needs to run because there's a Velociraptor on their tail. Uh, that's very interesting. I've never thought about it like that. I've always thought it's her kind of talking to herself, you know, just being in such a primal state that she's like, we have seen a couple, I'm not even going to go into it, but a couple times uh, previous in the movie where characters are so stressed out. All they can do is say the word, the very basic thought that is on their mind. And in this yeah. case, it's her saying run, but it could be, yeah, her telling him that like, 
Get but the then she does jump into arms and he just kind of swings her around. So if she was, I don't know if she's like yelling, like run, 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 run under her breath. But you know, it's probably one of those things that used to stick out to me when I was a kid watching cartoons, like uh, when like he man is getting zapped by like some sort of like mystical ray from like, um, uh, Skeletor or something like that. And he's like talking in broken sentences to himself, like must go further. And, you know, like I, I would always, it always break me out of the watching the cartoon of all things, because I've never heard a person talk like that, you know, like kind of grunting <laughs> to themselves and in incomplete sentences. Maybe this serves kind of the same thing. She's so stressed out because of what's just happened to her that she can just like say the one thing she needs to do, which is run yeah. in this case. So. And because we've seen this, uh, so far in the movie a couple of times. That's what leads me to believe that she is just talking to herself. But if you, you got to stop and think about something here. She had to have gone back near where Muldoon said like, okay, this is rendezvous. You know, we'll meet back here. I know he never says that, but that's, I guess, sort of the understood thing is that she wasn't just going to leave Muldoon. So she either found bits and pieces of him or, you know, was just sitting there like freaking out, trying to figure out where he would have been. And then suddenly coming to the realization that like, He's not coming back. I right. just have to take care of myself. So it's, it's become apparent to her by this point, probably that Muldoon is no longer a factor in everything. So yeah, because yeah, she knew I, like where he was going. He was moving in on a Velociraptor. So she had to have assumed that if he's not here and he's not getting my attention right now, he is in the belly of some beast right now. Like he's yeah, not something back. something very bad happened. Things plans yeah. went awry. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um. But yeah, I do. I do quite like that moment actually, where she does. It's an it's an interesting touch, and I think a lot of other movies would have had, just had the character see him and bolt and just run mm-hmm. to him and all that. But we get this strange moment, and then of course when she jumps up, she picks her feet up off the ground. That's how stressed out she is. Yeah, she uh, fully she, wraps she doesn't even want to be. Him, yeah. Yes, she doesn't even want to be standing. Like just you know, and he. Um, yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. Now, if I'm not mistaken, they actually did shoot this right near where they had the uh, facades. Of the exterior of the visitor center. Yeah. Um, it's these, and I, I can't quite remember the name of the ranch, uh, but it's these very, these really pretty, like, tight, like tall, almost white, stark white uh, palm trees that are all around. Mm. And that's, you know, kind of indicates where he is, that he's still very nearby. Now, old boy should have sense enough to know better than to go out and start yelling, you know, yeah. <laughs> start shouting for people. <laughs> and I know he's got to do what he's got to do, but like, Come on, man. You should know better. Yeah. Well, I think his love for Ellie transpires. I mean, like transgress passes beyond Aww. everything else. He, he wants to be <laughs> you know, reunited with her. So after that moment where yeah. he does pick her up and spin her around, we cut to a shot of a plate of food that Lex has collected for herself. And it is at first I was I was watching this and I was like, well, geez, Lex, that's that's some gross stuff. She's got like, uh, well, not gross, but. There's cakes, there's pies, there's bread, there's all this stuff <laughs> yeah. right there. And she's got like a cantaloupe and like uh, cucumber slices and a weird piece of like, it looks like green cauliflower. Like it, it's green like broccoli, but it's textured like cauliflower. But there's also cauliflower yeah. on her plate, um, which is all really weird. But then if she's, a, I was thinking about it, like, you know, maybe she doesn't want, uh, you know, stuff with uh, milk in it because she is a vegetarian, which we vegetarian, heard earlier in the movie. Yeah. So it makes sense that she'd be eating all the, uh, you know, the vegetables and stuff. But then she eats jelly, which is made of like, pig 
So it's a little bit weird, too. Ariana Richards, after this movie was over, got really interested in dinosaurs and was even invited to go to Montana over the next summer and uh, actually perform a dig with Jack Horner, the paleontologist which Dr. Alan Grant was based on, which was something I didn't know until I was reading up on this on her and uh, in, in this minute. So I thought that was pretty cool. But Jack Horner is a guy we've talked about just a little bit on the show, but uh, he was definitely influential in not only the development of the Dr. Alan Grant character, but he was also kind of a dino advisor on the film wasn't he? Yes, he was. Yeah, like you said, he was the inspiration for Dr. Alan Grant, but he, uh, Michael Crichton's inspiration for the book. But yeah, he was their uh, primary consultant, dinosaur consultant for the film. Did, you know, all kinds of goods for the, all kinds of good for the entire franchise, even up until Jurassic World. You know, we talked about Phil Tippett's uh, animatics and how the film was, before it was going to use CGI for dinosaurs, it was going to be stop motion animation and one of the things that Phil Tippett added was a tongue that was kind of like a snake's tongue it would slither and come out of its mouth and Phil Tippett was mm-hmm. the one who said you know it actually wouldn't do that the tongue wouldn't protrude through the teeth and if our quest is to make these things more bird like to really emphasize that we got to lose that so uh you know he was very very serious about his work on the film even even up to the point that he was telling the filmmakers you're wrong you know <laughs> which i guess is what a consultant is supposed to do but uh but yeah, Jack Horner's a really interesting guy. There's a lot of material out there to read up on and some really interesting stuff to watch on YouTube. Uh, are you familiar with Vsauce? Uh, I am, yes. I, I like Vsauce, but for the listeners out there who might not know about him, uh, to enlighten them a little bit. Yeah, Vsauce is a, uh, well, it's a YouTube channel is actually how I found out about it. And it's a guy who named Mike who will uh, find these interesting topics, and a lot of them are just very basic questions we might have always had, like... If everyone in the world jumped at the same time, what would happen? And he actually breaks these things down in a really thought-provoking and amusing way. It's it's these little short, like, 10, 15-minute videos uh, that analyze these types of topics. He actually had Chris Pratt and Jack Horner on one of his mm. shows to talk about some, you know, rights and wrongs of where Hollywood kind of gets, gets it wrong, gets dinosaurs wrong, uh, or right, for that matter. So Jack Horner had some really interesting stuff to say on that as well. Yeah, but um, so go seek it out if you want. But uh, yeah, he's That's a really interesting one. guy. Uh, he was uh, two years in the Marine Corps, and in the Vietnam War, he was actually in a special forces unit. Uh, he actually attended University of Montana for seven years and did not complete his bachelor's degree because of severe dyslexia. Which is funny to think that he didn't complete his bachelor's degree, and he's the most probably the most influential. Uh, you know, paleontologist of all time. Uh, and uh, because of some uh, senior thesis he did on the fauna of Bear Gulch and limestone in, Ma- in Montana, uh, he was actually honored with a, uh, a doctorate. So an honorary doctorate in 1986. Awesome. So yeah, uh, you know, uh, expert in his field, did not complete college, didn't stop him from, uh, from getting out there and, uh, you know, kind of educating people uh, on, on dinosaurs. Really hey. Very interesting guy, very interesting guy. So yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that's all that I have for this minute. How about you? That is all I have for this minute as well. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, please do come back tomorrow. We're going to have Brad Mule on. Got some very interesting stuff in the world of Jurassic Park podcasting that he is getting on. Don't want to spoil it for you just yet. We want to let him make the announcement himself. And the next Monday and Tuesday, we're going to have Jay Jurassic on, who you might recognize from the Jurassic Park podcast, uh, in a prominent member of the Jurassic Park community. He's going to come on talk about collectibles he has and how Jurassic Park has influenced his life and his work, uh, his artwork, that is. Uh, and I think you can follow him over on Instagram at J-A-Y-E, that's J, underscore Jurassic, J-U-R-A-S-S-I-C-K. That's J underscore Jurassic. And uh, check out his art over there. Got some very cool stuff. So, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow uh, with Brad, and then we'll have Jay following that. And then in just a couple of weeks, show's going to be over. So enjoy it while you got it, folks. 
We are going to get out of here. Please come back for tomorrow. We're going to have our super guest, Brad Mule, on. I am Kyle. I'm ready. (laughs) Until next time, hold on to your butts. Jurassic Park Minute is a fan-supported podcast. If you like the podcast, then leave us a review on iTunes. You can contact us at JurassicParkMinute at gmail.com and visit us online at JurassicParkMinute.com, Facebook.com slash JurassicParkMinute, and Twitter.com slash JurassicMinute. You've been listening to a Pele Media Podcast. For premium content and exclusive podcasts, visit us at Patreon.com slash Media. Check us out on Facebook at facebook.com slash Pele Media and follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Pele Media. Yeah.